Yo, 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 yo. Here we are. Kamoli Podcast with uh, comedian, breathwork coach, mum, Lebanese woman, <laughs> Sarah Michaels. <laughs> how are you, Sarah? Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, first off, me and Sarah know each other through comedy. Um, we started off comedy together and... It is good to have a girl on the podcast, Ollie. Yeah, yeah mix it up. This is, uh, it up. it's been a very, you're old. how old are you? Um, we don't need to talk about your age. <laughs> so you're, a, you're a Lebanese mum and I think we've pretty much had Australian teenage, uh, t- young men yeah, from guess. age of, <laughs> so it is good to change it up, um, get a bit of a more diverse uh, podcast guest. Um, and you do a lot of cool stuff as well, which is uh, another Thank reason you. I want to get you on the pod. Um We'll start off with how we met. So we did a comedy course together and worked out well. We're still both doing comedy. How have you found your first six months or so doing comedy? First of all, I love doing the course and I love the guys like you, one of them, of course. Hey. Um, Yeah, love doing that. Um, I have to say that a few things have happened during, you know, the course of after doing the, uh, the comedy course. So firstly, I feel like I was really excited in the beginning and I was really, really motivated. Mm. And what happens with motivation is that wears off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then what kicks in, what needs to kick in is discipline. Yeah. And for me, with comedy, it's something new. Like you said, I'm a mum. I'm also, a, you know, I'm a confidence and anxiety coach. I do breath work. I hold retreats. I do so much that I wasn't disciplined with my comedy mm. and the motivation has worn off and I kind of, you know, I took a little bit of a break. And when you can take a break, imposter syndrome yeah. kicked in. It's so. the it's the momentum, especially of um, when I first finished the course. I remember that next day after I went and did comedy again, and I did it for that next two weeks. I was yeah. doing it as much as possible, and I was like, I'm never going to not do this. And then like mm. you miss one week, and then you go, oh, it was so easy to miss last week. And to drive into the city right now on this cold Wednesday night is not what I want to do. But sometimes <laughs> you just got to do because when you drive home after, you're like, thank God I did that. Exactly. So, yeah. You push through that discomfort. Yeah. And it's what I teach. Mm. But I've got to like do that now with comedy. So I do that with my life. But comedy is such a new thing for me. Like I know mm. that you've been doing stand-up. Like you were doing yeah. stand-up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never done it. My first time was literally in the course. Mm. What are so for like uneducated co podcast hosts and the people at home? <laughs> what does uh, imposter syndrome? Oh mean? yeah, sorry, you're right. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I know something like I only learnt that term a few years ago. Mm. Um, uh, so it means when you feel like you're an imposter. So you feel like you don't belong doing that thing. So right. you know that voice in your head that says. What are you doing? Yeah. I was going yeah. s- to swear. You can swear as much it's as like, you want. No, <laughs> you can swear. You told me to say one word. So it's like, you know, what are you doing, cunt? Like, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know that voice that says, you can't go and do comedy. Like, you can't get up there. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, for me, it started to come back. And it's like, you're 47 this year. What are you doing? Like, you've got kids at yeah. home and you want to leave your husband and go do comedy. And mind you, he's like backing me up all the way. Yeah. These are all young guys doing it. You know, they've got a future. Whereas when I came out of the course, I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to do, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to travel the world and do it. Right. But then I got sick and then something happened and then those thoughts start to creep in. Um. And what happens when you start to believe the thoughts? Yeah. You start to go, oh, like if I believe the thought, I'm shit, I can't do it, then I don't go. Yeah. Your brain is a superpower and your thoughts control it. 
Yeah. Listen to that one. That's that's uh, some wise words right there. But I definitely can feel the same with when, honestly, when I smoke weed, I'll be like, who the fuck are you with a podcast and doing comedy? And like, I'm like, what am I? That's all I, th- I'm like, what the fuck? What oh, the when fuck? When you smoke, yeah. your imposter syndrome kicks in. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like the opposite to that though. I'm more like, I'm me more too. like, I know I can do it, but it's the, it's, you know what trips me out? The workload. I'm like, I'm like How am I gonna edit, do it? editing the clips. I'm like, fuck, I need to get all this stuff done mm. tomorrow. But like they, they take about an hour each. So it's not actually that much time. Yeah. But that's what I trip out on. Mm. And yeah, I'm like, right. fuck, how am I gonna get on how am I gonna get it done? But I'm like just like a stressed. But that's guy where anyway, you just so. have to hand that off to someone else and be the No, because no, I've heard it. Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah <laughs> shut up. Not you guys, Sarah. like someone else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We got to get some funds in first, and I keep saying, "Transfer me some money. I'll drop my BSP <laughs> and account details in the comments below." But um, I definitely agree with. No, when I smoke right now, when I'm completely sober, whatever, I think I can take Are you on the world. Sober? That's three sips of a beer. <laughs> no, a beer makes me more confident. If anything, yeah. but when I'm not smoking weed, I'll I can take on the world, whatever. But when I do, just to rela- I only do it to relax, guys, yeah. and for creativity purposes. Yeah. Um, that I'll be like, what the fuck really? am I doing? It was more of a joke. I just. <laughs> 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 I'm, saying, I'm saying really that it, I can't believe that that creeps in because yeah. to me, I'm the opposite. You're I only do it for creativity. No, actually, <laughs> it's actually medicinal for me. Yeah. Um, you know, doctors are prescribing that now. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've got a prescribe a yeah, prescription, don't you? Like you actually Whoa. get it from the like. You actually, it comes in a canister, like a canister, like an actual jar mm. from the chemist. You open it up and there's buds in there. Yeah. Wow. Like it's like, what the fuck? And I, from experience, yeah. one time we'll add a comedy gig and you come in like, oh, my husband's smoking some weed out his front. At back, do you want some? And I go, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and honestly, I ended up doing pretty well. So the medicinal marijuana, it, yeah, was, it did it's well. organic. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, it is better for because like they don't have the chemicals and the crap in it. Where, where do you where do you go to find? Is this like a normal chemist dispensaries? Is actually or? a GP, so mm. I go to him. But no, you just have to go to particular GPs. Um, if you're interested, write in the comments below or follow <laughs> me. Follow yeah, me yeah. on Instagram. But yeah, I'll, I can let you know. And, no, and there's actually disp- there's actual dispensaries just like overseas where you go and you pick it up. So you know how like CBD oil, everyone's like, oh yeah, so it's CBD oil or THC yeah, oil. Yeah. But this is actually, this is actual bud. Yeah. Oh, actually yeah. fucking buying bud from a chemist. And, so and it's actually cheaper than buying it. Oh my from God. From your mates. Wow. And like, okay, yeah. so where, like whereabouts is the dispensaries? In Bentley that? East, there's about three. Ooh. Wow. But they're everywhere now. Yeah. They're everywhere. I think yeah. I saw one in Chadston, like with the logo and somewhere growing. Like it's, yeah. Wow. But there's actually a clinic called uh, Hygia in Portman Street, Oakley. Actually, that's where he's got a clinic and you can actually go there, see the GPs and they write you a script. Uh, just mm. naming streets in Oakley. Nobody in this podcast has ever gone to Oakley. I'll just say that. <laughs> Nobody ever that listened to this <laughs> I podcast. Live, I live like five Did minutes you? from there. Yeah. You know, like, where do like, you live? Oh no, I lived. I uh, currently live in Brunswick. But oh, I used where did to you live, live? I used to live in. What's your address? Glen Huntley. What's your address now? Huh? What's your address now? <laughs> okay, but anyway, back to what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, how do you overcome that when you are feeling like, why? What the fuck am I doing right now? Yeah. Trying okay, to be a comedian. So how do you get over that? So you actually have to catch the story first of all. You have to have the awareness that you've got these thoughts. Like you have to have that awareness that they're just stories. Yep. Because everybody has them and like thoughts are universal, mm. which means that they're, they're not just for you. They're like floating around in this cloud up above you. You get the same thought that he gets. Mm. You know, we all get the same thought. And if you believe the thought, yep. 
what happens? If I believe the thought, I feel fat and I feel like shit, then I wouldn't even be here right now, yeah. mm. right? So you have to catch the thought. So first of all, it's the awareness around the thought and have what thoughts you have. I think journaling is a really, really great exercise that you can do because it's like when you have that mental fucking diarrhea, just shit going on in your head, yep. you can't think straight. Yep. But if you get to just write... Just start writing. And when I say writing, it's not handwriting really neatly so you can look back on it. It's just scribbling everything that's in there and it's a brain dump. Mm. And when you put that brain dump on a piece of paper, mm. it's no longer cluttering your brain. And what it actually does is it leaves room for the other side of the brain, the right side of the brain, which is the creative side of the brain, to actually come through. And when you can allow that creativity to come through, that's when you can write and you can do all the things and you're actually mm. in alignment. But you can't do that when you have all this clutter up in your brain yep. because it's actually stopping you from thinking straight. You're not yep. thinking straight. Do you think so, Do you think you have to like build up to journaling? Um, no, I think you just start and the minute you do it, you'll feel better because the minute mm. you start writing, what, mm. what, what will happen is a lot of my clients will say, oh, I tried it but it's not for me or I don't like it. And it's like I call bullshit because mm. it's just you writing on a paper. You're not writing anything but what you're thinking. And when people say, but I wasn't thinking anything, then you write, I'm not thinking anything. Yeah. Or you write, I don't know why this bitch is asking me to even write this shit. Mm, yeah. Why is she even making me do this? And then all of a sudden you're going to have three pages full and then all of a sudden you're going to feel like, oh, well. I'm now I've got ideas yeah. and now I feel like I'm not so stressed. What's mm. going on? And I, I really think that's a basic exercise that everybody should start with. I yep. bought a journal, a little thing to write in to do it and I haven't used it yet. So, but the that, That's the thing. It's the thing that you resist the most because yeah. I'm, I'm resisting writing at the moment for my, you know, you don't resist that. That's great. You, you write comedy all the time but I'm resisting going to it. The thing that you resist the most is the thing that you actually need to go and do mm. because it's mm. going to help you. Yep. But then the mind tells you, fuck it, don't mm. do it. Why are you going to do it? Go have mm. a beer and sit and smoke outside. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So the hurdle yeah. is the way. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Awesome, awesome, so awesome. Just push through. How did you get started in this whole breath work? And well, I was actually a very um, – what, what happened to me is my, just really quickly, I'm just going to go through my journey is that I had kids, you mm-hmm. know. I was um, hadn't followed my dream of comedy and singing and acting, everything that I did. Like I actually went – to acting school and I finished um, 16th Street Acting Studio and then I met my husband. And so I is that the original – it's a podcast. We can go for as long as we want. So that was the original goal, to be an actor, to Yeah, that's be what I always wanted to do. But, like, when I was in high school, not, um, my principal and my acting teacher – I went to Sacre Coeur and I was really good at drama. But our drama performances were big. It was a private school and yep. performances were, like, you know, people would come pay tickets to come and watch. And they came to my mum when I was in year eight and said – Sarah should go to NIDA. You should audition her for NIDA and don't worry about school because she's – I wasn't great at school but mm. I was really good at, you know, dancing, singing and acting especially. Triple yeah. threat. And my mum was very typical Middle Eastern mum, said no because she was worried that she uh, – when I asked her later, she, she was like, no, I was worried you would get into pornography, <laughs> oh. sex and drugs. <laughs> so she was like, no. So she didn't realise I got into that after though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she said no. So, you know, whatever it is. So I, I realised that that – and then she had this big thing that, you know, you'll end up waitressing and you won't end up doing it. That everyone wants to be an actress. But right. that's the thing is that if only we had parents that motivate us, like, oh, we are for our children at the moment. I, I, yeah, I – 
I was originally nervous to tell my parents about me doing comedy. My dad's a very business savvy minded yeah. guy, I always think. And I told him, and he's my biggest fan now. Like oh, he's yeah. like, he always is just, how's it all going? Like he oh. wants to come to my shows and stuff like that. So I w- and that was the thing I was most nervous about. Like, oh, and then now they they're big fans, big fans of the podcast. Shout out to my parents. Don't let them yeah. listen because I don't want them to <laughs> talk about dick jokes and smoking weed. But it's um, yeah. no, but I love that. Yeah, but yeah. You're really lucky, but you're fortunate. But a lot of parents want you to go and get the degree and want you to do this mm. and want you to do that. And so they don't actually um, – they don't uh, encourage you because they don't believe that you can actually follow your mm. dreams. But mm. the truth is we're actually limitless beings. Yep. I didn't yeah. know that back then. I got very depressed because if you're not in alignment with the path that you're supposed to be on and doing what you're supposed to be doing mm. – what do you think happens? Why do you yeah. think so many people have addictions? Yeah, yeah. They drink, they smoke, they shop online, they're just mm. scrolling because they're trying to tap out. Yep. Because they're not doing the thing that they really want to do. Don't mm. you feel good when you're actually doing the thing when you're doing it? 100%. Don't you when I, like, I'm hungover and all day I'm just sitting on my phone watching TikTok scrolling and the next day I feel like absolute shit. Yeah, but the day then Ollie comes over, we film a podcast, we make a video, I write some comedy. Even though I was hungover and I just push through and then I feel amazing the next It just... Mm. That's it's it. the uncom- uncomfortability, getting uncomfortable yep. and then you just grow from that and you grow 100%. your mind, you grow everything. A hundred percent. I want to talk about discomfort in a minute as mm. well, but I want to just go back. So I was really yeah. depressed. Um, you know, I was a size 8, 10 and then I had put on all this weight and then I injured myself during pregnancy and then I was in a wheelchair and I was like, Ugh. fucking my life was getting worse and I was severely depressed. Like I really wanted to... What age was this? I was 38 and then when yep. I hit 40, I was really depressed and I, my, my husband had built a house in Laylaw. And if you've ever been to Laylaw, you know what I mean. I'm yeah, yeah. more depressed. Mm, don't want to live um, in Laylaw. You know, and I grew up in the east <laughs> suburbs. Was, just a side note on Laylaw. <laughs> when we used to play them in footy, I remember there was a kid we played and he had a, um, an ankle bracelet on his ankle. Like a... Oh, uh, like a, like a jail, <laughs> jail one. <laughs> I, I, I played a kid um, again who played for Laylaw. Yeah. Um, when I think yeah. it was like under 15s or something, and mm. he had a tattoo on his shoulder, and was like 14. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was dumbfounded. No one wants to play on this game. Yeah, you wouldn't want to touch him. You wouldn't anyway. want to touch him. Well, <laughs> they always just side note. They always were good at footy, they like Laylaw, Epping, and all that, because all the wogs, yeah. all the wogs hit puberty really <laughs> early, so they were really good young. Like Epping yeah. had a, Epping. Uh, had a dynasty from like under 11s to 14s couldn't be beaten because all these wogs had just hit puberty at, <laughs> at like 10 and then by the time it came to like under 17s they were shit ass because like everyone caught up to them but that yeah. was a oh wow that's yeah. so funny I'm mm. going to tell my husband that <laughs> <laughs> that time. he was a soccer player um, yeah so I've got ADHD so I um I will digress a lot but I'm, I'll pull myself During back the club. yeah so I'll pull myself back so yeah um, and then I started listening to a lot of self-help podcasts and I read a lot of Louise Hayes books and then I tried breath work and I cannot tell you it changed my life mm. because breath work gets you out of your head mm-hmm. and mm. you don't realise that you're storing all this fucking trauma and emotions and shit and you're pushing it down and I always explain it like the slinky that it starts to come forth in other ways when you're on the road and you're like you motherfucker and you know so road yeah. rage or whatever it is and so when you actually do breath work, it brings it up. Yep. And everyone's like, oh, I don't want to feel it, but you have to feel it because that's how mm. you fucking heal it. Yeah. You've got to feel it to heal it, mm. you know? And when you can actually work through that, mm. it's you start to learn so much more about this work and yourself. And it's personal development. It's like, who doesn't want to keep growing? If you're not learning and growing, then what the fuck are we doing? Like, mm. that's what we're supposed to be here doing. 
I did um, breathwork once, like a proper thing. Went with my girlfriend to like a beach and this guy ran it all. It was like 45 minutes worth of breathwork. And I've like meditated before, but never like focused. Like that was like something. And that, going in, I'm like, I have ADHD. I won't be able to focus. Blah, blah, blah. But when I was in it, I was just so locked into it. I remember coming out of it in the car home with Evie and we are just like, I felt like I was on drugs. Yeah, yeah. I was honestly mm. like, you know that was crazy. You know why? Yeah. Because our lungs produce DMT, which is dimethotryptamine. Yeah. Which is found in ayahuasca, the mm. hallucinative, you know, the plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And so you can get high on your own supply. Hey. For free. Mm. You know, that's like nice. that's pretty yeah. trippy. Mm. And the thing is you get that feeling when you're when you're dreaming, you you release you microdose on DMT. So right. oh. y- your brain does as well. And so that's why you go on to, you know, dream states and mm. your own places. And the same thing can happen with, with breath work. You release right. all that trauma, but then it gets to a point where you actually like you actually feel like you're going to different dimensions. You mm. feel like your breath is, has stopped, but it's a natural breath hold, and then you're actually traveling. Yeah. So it's it's pretty trippy. And have crazy. you ever had like a hallucination, a big one, or yeah, seen I people? have. But it's actually real. It's actually yeah. really really nice. Yeah. It's actually on. like a beautiful feeling. Do you want to tell the story about so it? So once, well, someone was holding me, and I actually stopped my breath. Like mm. I, I thought that I wasn't breathing, mm. but it is a natural breath hold. So it's so silent that you can't hear or even feel it move. So it's almost like you've stopped breathing. Wow. It's you know what I'm saying. Like I reckon if they were checking my pulse, it'd be like flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat. You get me. And I just felt like it was about ten minutes. Like I'd just gone to like a beautiful place, like just seeing beautiful colors and seeing beautiful things. And but the the, the, the trippy thing is, is that it feels like you're gone for like. Maybe ten minutes, mm. and you actually go on for a long time. Really? Yeah, and mm. it's and it's crazy. And when you're when you come out of it, you're so relaxed. Like you feel like you've lifted layers off you. Like yeah. you go back and see memories of you of yourself as a as of a little you know little child. Mm. It's crazy things that you forgot about. And did you did you do like a course to then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I did a course to become a breathwork facilitator, and now my husband and I have courses and now we sell that and we train people to become breathwork facilitators. So we don't just hold space for people. We now teach people as well. So my husband had never cried before. I used to call him the tin man. He was like a fucking robot, like typical wog. Mum had said, don't cry, you don't cry, you get up, you're a man, Mm. you're a man. That's a a big thing with the wogs too. I think not even wogs, I shouldn't say that actually because Aussies as well, right? Growing up, like boys, you're not meant to cry. cry. We don't don't cry. And it's not just boys, it's actually women as well. I tell you what, if I go to my friend and I'm crying, a friend that of mine back in the days, and I'm crying and she sees me crying, what's wrong? And the first thing she's going to be like, you're okay, it's all right, stop crying, you'll be yeah. fine, mm. you'll be fine. And mm. the whole thing of trying to fix it all the time is not right because when they come to me, I tell them I'm not going to try and stop you. I want you to cry. I want you to let it out. I let them scream into a pillow. I want them to go through that feeling. Mm. Whereas they don't understand that they have needed to do that but wherever they go – Everyone's trying to stop it. Yep. That's what we do. Even our kids, because we feel uncomfortable with somebody else crying. Mm. We get uncomfortable with someone else feeling their emotions. Why? Yeah. Why the fuck do we feel uncomfortable with someone else feeling their emotions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all about allowing people to feel it. And mm. so my husband, who used to see me cry, I go, what's wrong with you? Why are you always crying? That's how he used to be with me. Why are you always crying? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm. But I was a real emotional being and I had a lot of stuff. And I was probably crying because I fucking wasn't living my dream. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Yep. And then he did breath work. Like, he never cried. And he started crying for, like, 20 minutes straight. Wow. And he became an advocate straight away. <laughs> Sorry, a bit of commotion going outside. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, definitely with, like, the crying thing. Like, growing up, I was a sook. I would cry all the time. And it was always just 
What the hell's going on outside? That seems yeah. kind of... I don't know if that was a... No, they sound right. Yeah, then I was worried someone's getting abducted. <laughs> we are in Heidelberg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I wasn't yeah. scared. Um, no, so when I was younger, from getting someone getting kidnapped to back into the crime <laughs> thing, sorry, um, I was always like, I would cry a lot and I would always get picked on by my mates. Like, like every time you'd cry, you'd cop shit about it. Mm. Like my mm. brothers, my parents, like stop oh, being like... Yeah, I got two older brothers. And oh. so... Um, and... Like, so crime was never a big thing. So pretty much when I hit, like, 15, I just was like, I'm not fucking crying. Mm. And now I can't cry. Like, yeah. I, I would try my – like, I just – I can't cry. If I get emotional, it would just, like – and my girlfriend always says I just brush everything under the rug. I don't let myself feel yeah, emotions ever feel anymore. It. It's yeah. really uh, – Come and do breath work with me. I, I, I actually think we, me and I yeah, will come and do breath work. We'll come and do breath work. Now, because um, you were saying, like, you know, people let out, like, crying and things like that. I had a mate of mine, he – he went to do breath work and he went with his parents, right? And the instructor um, told him, like, you know, you can you can cry, you can do this, but you can also potentially have like an orgasm. And he was <laughs> he was freaking out because he was there with his mum and his dad. And he thought if he sees his mum in that in that thing, it'll be the worst day of his life. Is that true? Do you have you seen? Yeah, I have. Look, I have had someone say that she had one in one of my. She was faking my, it. I swear, she's so faking it. I'm not going to lie. So here's the thing. I think girl orgasms are fake. That's what I think. No, no, no. You can, you <laughs> can, you can because you're, you're actually oxygenating your body. So like you're getting all this yeah. oxygen going into all your different, you know, into the blood, the organs, the cells. So. I have heard that. Um, I've never had that, but I have felt a lot of sensation around that area. And I right. have had one woman on my Zoom say that she had. I had one guy vomit. Um, oh. I know, but it's purging. So if you've heard of plant medicine, like they purge, right? So mm. that's not always the case, but you can you can like feel like you know you got to bring stuff up. Yeah. The things, the stuff is there, and if yeah. we can get rid of it, it's better out than in. Why? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. think about cancer and all these autoimmune diseases that people are having Mm. this is all stored trauma because Mm. i tell you now every time i hear of someone dying of cancer that's really really healthy they're like i don't know how he died he was so healthy how he got cancer he was he was a health freak he was healthy he ate well blah 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 yeah that's right because it's not just your food everyone thinks that cancer is like your food your diet but it's not just that Mm. it's also trauma and because if you're living in the uh, in the sympathetic nervous system which is the fight or flight what happens is that's where the inflammation grows. That's where inflammatory proteins grow. So if that's where inflammation's growing, what do you think is happening to our cells? Mm. What do you think is happening to our body? Yep. You know? Yep, yep, yep. This is so educational. This is the I, I most know. intellectual chat we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> this is a bit different. Well, from I've seen I've seen like a <laughs> yeah. lot of people I've seen like a lot of um, you know, like videos and things. Um the people say like they no, they don't hold on to grudges, they don't hold on to things like that. They try not to lie because then there's all these things that you can build up inside yourself. Exactly, that like you don't forgive realize. people. Yeah, forgive people. Those yeah. kinds of things. And they, they think that, you know, it can lead to, you know obviously it's very hard to tell, right? Because it's talking no, about No, no, like it's the, not. I'll tell yeah. you why. Because it's not woo woo. So it's very much science based. Right. But believe me, they have done that many studies on people when they're in a meditative state. By you know putting the the what do you call that I forgot the name like a brain scan thing yeah on like them. it's yeah, not yeah. a brain scan but they're like those little pods on the on the brain mm. and they did it to Buddha uh, you know Buddhists that are monks you know right. that are in yeah. the fucking Himalayas somewhere and they said that when they checked them it was like they were on ecstasy right. because of the just the peace and, yeah. and the happiness that they were in from meditating they also did studies I'm really bad with stats but I just learned this recently they also did studies on on patients that had cancer 
and um, the same patients that had cancer, some had cancer and they went and did all this meditation and all this like self-talk and I'll talk about the self-talk in a second mm. and what it did and how it – when they went to back and checked their bloods and their, like the cells and stuff like that, you know, like when you – when you've got cancer, you check your bloods and stuff and there's different indicators to show whether you've gotten better or not, whether the cancer's gotten worse and they actually went down. So they went from stage four down to stage two. Mm. See, the thing is if your thoughts can make you sick, right, then think of the notion that your thoughts can make you better. Okay, I look, whenever I get sick, I get a cold, I always go, no, sickness is a mindset. Do you agree with that? Yes. If I go, Because I know that if I'm sick and I'm just like – I want to feel sick. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to chill in bed all day. I'll feel worse. But if I just get up and go, no, sickness is a mindset, I'll be able to just push through it. No, no, but the thing is, no, no, no. But if you're already sick, yeah, I don't, I don't talk about, I don't think you should push through it. I don't oh. think you should live in it. But, but, but sometimes your body is trying to tell you something. Mm. And what it means is that you actually need to rest. So sometimes I'll get these fucking severe migraines where I cannot do anything. Mm. And I'm like, look at me, I'm driving an hour here to do the yeah. podcast. Like I'm always doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but I know that when it's time for me to just sit and I've got my headache or I had COVID once and I was like for fucking 15 days and every day I'm like, fuck, you wake up, you're like, is this going to be better? Mm. But it's a time to go, all right, what uh. do I need to hear right now? And I swear to you, if you sit with yourself enough, there's a part of us, like there's this intuition within us. There's like a God inside of us, mm. right? But we're always asking everybody else for the answers. Like, do you, what do you think I should do? What can I do? And what are these? But if you actually take some time instead of tapping out all the time with all your things and actually go within, mm. you'll actually hear what you need to do. You'll start to hear like a voice within yourself. Yep. And the best time is when you're sick because it stops you. It's like the universe, God, stopping you going, no, sit down now. And now I'm asking you to just sit. And when you sit, and it was when I sat and I was sick that I actually realised, I actually called Maury, the comedian. And yeah. like, it was just like that. I'm like, I want to do a comedy course. And it was after COVID that I was so fucked that I realised that I, I, I need to do more with my life. Yeah. So starting comedy, so was this, so the acting stuff, so I always stop. was funny. Yeah. I always, yeah. I was always funny. Like my friends say, I was always funny. But I've always done like different impersonations. Yeah, you know. And I was always the class clown, the smartass. Mm. You know, that's a comedian basically. And um, I, everyone used to say to me, "You should be a comedian. You should do comedy." So what I went and did was, I went and did in my adulthood a YouTube. Um, ch- I had a YouTube channel. Mm. And I was my husband was editing and they were looking really good. But our problem was like we had quite a few people like, you know, reach out to us that are comedians and like that are actors as well and said they're really good but no one's watching three, four, five minute videos. Yeah. And I didn't know that because I'm my generation. I was trying to do like the comedy company. Do you remember yeah, the, yeah, like yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah. to do that. And so many people in lockdown were like we love it, we're watching it, but we would have gotten – and we went – some of them went viral, mm. but we would have done so much better if we were doing like 30 seconds or one minute. That's, what I, I ha- that's like what I hate. I hate – because I want to do – I have ideas in my head that I want to do. I want to make this video, but it's like, all right, well, I could make it – I wanted to make it a long video, but i got to put it down for a minute for TikTok because it's attention so spans annoying. don't it's, work. It's and so stuff. fucked up. Yeah. But my husband was doing like curtains coming in and mm. <laughs> like he was really like playing with it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was way too long. But it was really good, mm. but it was just – anyway, so we stopped doing that because it was taking so much time. You know, we've got kids and we're working. We tr- we make, no, we're not making money from it, like you said. No one's yeah. donating. So then, um, obviously, to do stand-up, you have to have a lot of confidence, as you know. 
You yeah. have to. It's another like your friends must look at you and go, "Fuck, you're confident." Like to get up on stage. Oh, uh, I've just honestly, this is what like a fear of public speaking is something I've never had. Oh, that's fantastic. Fear of public like I've never. That's I've, actually number I've, one. It's one of the number I've, one fears. Like when. I had a chance to do public speaking at school or whatever like that. I thrived and I love doing it. I such a little attention seeking whore where I'm like, everyone, <laughs> everyone look at me, everyone look at me. So that's why comedy, like, yes, um, the, the being on stage and everyone looking at me is not the thing that scares me. It's what if my jokes aren't funny. And that's kind of the thing where I'm like, because I can say bad jokes and all that, like to you guys, whatever, but that's just off the top of my head. But if I'm like writing a joke and I go, okay, I think this is funny after the sound stage, and then people go, you're not funny. So, but now that I've done it for long enough and I know that my worst, jo- like I can get laughs, I know like I'm good enough, I don't really have much stress or nerves or anything or like fear. that. I, it's honestly gone but, because. But that, yeah, you're, but you're lucky. But the thing yeah. is. That, like you said, it's not just about getting up on stage. It's because I was getting up on stage as well, doing like event speaking. But this is even another, it's like another layer. It's like another mm. level. This is like now, you're, even what I was doing on YouTube, I was playing characters. Yeah. Now I'm writing my stuff and I'm delivering it. And if you don't laugh, that's a direct reflection on me. Yep. And I'm in the work where it's like, don't give a fuck what others think. Well, I need to give a fuck what others think because they need to laugh, right? When you were first starting posting those videos, I know for when I first started posting shit online, like I st- still now, every time I post something, turn the phone off, don't look at it. I can't, I I get just the anxiety of just that video of me is now out there or something like that. Do you, were you like that? Were you? I was like that, but not anymore. My hu- Then my husband came on with me, then he was like that. Yeah. And he was doing some with me as well, but no, I'm not like that anymore. But it's more now just getting up on stage mm. and delivering the content. Yeah. But the, here's the thing. It's like, not everybody likes cheesecake. Yeah. Not everybody likes chocolate cake. Well, that's so one thing. I legit had this down in my things. I was saying, for me, it's probably a lot easier because who are going to these comedy shows yeah. a lot of people similar that look similar to me that are my age guys like yeah. the other night when you came to the comedy show and you were the only girl in the whole place yeah. and it's like well yes your jokes will be very funny to other lebanese mums but Stephen, the 22 year old coles worker i don't think he will understand yeah. your uh yeah. Lebanese grandma impression. And that's <laughs> what it's really hard is that you've got to practice and you've got to start somewhere. Mm. But unfortunately, the, I think that the comedy scene here in general is pretty shit. Yeah, I it's think... It's very small. Yeah, compared to what it is, obviously, like, America's... Man. Of, but, like, Australia's just a smaller country than America. Even so Brisbane. <laughs> I've got a client yeah. in Brisbane. She goes to the comedy shows all the time. She's like, you've got to come here. Really? Yep. I haven't really sussed outside They're of Melbourne. Indian comedians really? and yeah, and like wogs. I'm like in Brisbane. She's like, yeah, it's become. Really I'm sure. I'm sure there would be places in Melbourne that you could I find. I just feel like it's really like yeah, and it's really dark humor. Like, and the thing is, like my friends that came on the night don't like a lot of the fucking pedo jokes. I mean, I don't like the pedo Whoopsies. jokes. Whoopsies. <laughs> like <laughs> the pedo jokes, you know, like the the real the vulgar vulgar jokes, you know. Look, I like your vulgar ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no I just how, was, I, how was it doing comedy with Cam? I loved it. I always like the whole because so, so you did a course together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just love that he's young because you're 24, aren't you? 20, turn 24 this year, yeah. Like far out, man. I just like because I look at him like a son, and I think, fuck, I love that he's got that motivation and that 
discipline that he's going all the time. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. keep his compliments coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> no, like, keep I wish that was in. me because I didn't have that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wore a mask with confidence. Yeah. I wasn't naturally confident. Oh, I think, I think um, I, I'm confident usually like I am confident, but I'm also – there's times where I'm dead to myself. I'm driving home from work and I'm but like... everybody does that. I don't want to go tonight. And then I just... I get home and I'm like... Yeah. There's times where I don't go. And I, there's times I should go more often and stuff like that. Yeah. And like I'm still not doing... I... My biggest issue is I always compare myself to other people. And yeah, I know same. I shouldn't. Yeah, Comparison yeah. is the fe- thief of joy. I know that. Yeah. But I'm always going, oh, well, I've done two comedy gigs this week. And that guy I was talking to has done three. That guy has done four. And I'm like, well... If it's a competitive thing, he's getting better than me. He's getting better than me. But not necessarily. But that's just how I think and how I go, okay, if I really want to succeed, I've got to outwork everyone else here. You know something? And that's the truth. Mm. That that really, really is the truth. But here's the thing. You you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm. You want to be around people that are fucking not lazy. You want to be around those guys that are going all the time because there is your – that's not comparing. I think that that's not a bad thing. Don't compare your uniqueness like – their style and stuff because you've got your original style. Yeah. Oh, honestly, I'm um I'm confident enough. What was it? Cocky ego. I always think I'm the funniest. I actually know. There's times when there's times That's when the ego. Yeah, yeah so it's true. an ego. That's I but so I, it's it's how I my brain is wired where I just go, nah, I'm funny. Even though if I, I bomb, it. good. even if I bomb and someone else does better than me, I'm like, just wasn't my day. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't my day. But I just I don't know. It's but like you know good. what? Here's the thing. It's like define bombed. Like we're at that place. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't say that I can't say that I bombed. I've done I've done a gig there and nobody laughed. Yeah, not one. I, I really I looked I, I record them. Not nobody laughed. Like I've I've done where they do laugh and they, some didn't laugh. But I know that when I'm in my head and I'm about to get on, I'm not even listening to whoever's up there. Mm. This is a place where it's all comedians. Everyone is like there's maybe yeah. four or five guests. Everyone's a comedian. Everyone is ego driven, ready to get up there themselves. So. No one is really listening to other people. Nobody's that intently. I'll yeah. like unless I know the person. Unless like you're going up or yeah. one of my friends is going up, I'll really like thing and I'll do a <laughs> just an actual. But most of what? the time, you but, most actual? Of the, uh, <laughs> but, but most of the time, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say, exactly. and, I go, and I go and I go. Why is this guy up? It should be. I should be yeah. up before. Like, well, this guy's yeah. been doing seven minutes. Get the fuck. Yeah, out. it's. I'm like, it's fucking nine thirty. Just I've been here since fucking six thirty. Just get me yeah. up. Let me yeah. speak for fucking five minutes and get the fuck mm. off here. So mm. it is that as well. But I think it's just you gotta test out new rooms. I've done a few different rooms to see where my comedy works the best. Where does it work? Uh the one I like in there's one in St Kilda. On a Friday night, the sellers, and it, it's usually a bit of a rougher crowd, but they're usually drunk and like easy, <laughs> oh, easy. I need to go there. Yeah, <laughs> easy. The one in Eltham is pretty good, but um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna share it on the pod Thursday nights, and I'm gonna be there this Thursday. If you're listening the day it comes oh. out, because everyone always says, "When are you doing Where? a gig?" Sellers. No, nah, in Eltham at Platform oh. Three O Nine Five. I'm gonna be actually. No, I'm gonna in Queensland. Don't listen to me. Yeah, what are you? <laughs> Don't saying? listen to me. Don't listen to me. But every Thursday I'm there. It's because everyone always says, "When's a gig? When's a gig?" So I'm just telling that one's there. So go there. What time? It's like seven thirty or something like that. And they tell you what time your set list you're on as well, so you don't have to wait the whole time as well. And who's there? People watching? 
sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But yeah, that's just for the people out there who want to see me do comedy. Thursdays at Platform 3095. Except not this Thursday. Except for not this Thursday. Well, Actually, today. I have a paid gig. Thursday, yeah. Sorry to interrupt in your thing. I have a paid gig coming up. My first paid gig. Oh, yeah, you do. Um, it's at uh, Whittlesea Footy Club on the 20th of May. Is that the month? May. Yeah, in like two weeks. So get down to there oh, if you, you want to. Nah, May, oh, May. Wow, it's in like two weeks. Yeah, and I need to fucking practice. But that's yeah. all right. I'll honestly, I'm, what's what's the stress about? Everything's all good. Everything will work out in the end. I feel absolutely. I feel so. You've also got a podcast. You're a podcast host yes. as well. Yes, um, and my podcast is. So I'm usually on the other side. Yeah. So how's it been on the other side of the podcast? You enjoying it? Actually, we love it. Yeah, yeah. Can we, can, we, can we come on your podcast? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Yeah. So, what do you talk about on your podcast? What's the? Do you know what? Yeah. Send this to flick this to my husband. He'll edit it. And yeah. Um, I'll chop it up as well into reels. Oh, mad, mad, mad. So, yeah. what do you talk about in your podcast? Um, I talk about everything. We talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about confidence. We talk about your thoughts, self love. Mm. Because self-love is really, really important too. Mm. Because if you can actually start working on loving... When I say loving yourself, some people are like, I do love myself. It's like, yeah, I know, but if we took away the physical, mm. do you actually love the person inside? Do you love mm. that little boy inside? Do you love him, Molly? Hmm? Do you love the person inside? I love yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I love yeah. you as a little boy. <laughs> so when I when I talk to you, for example, and yeah. then you were telling me about that story about... You know, you you as a kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't help but <clears throat> see you as a, that little boy. Not like mm. right now, but I could see that little boy. Yeah, and oh, so you, cute because, as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. And because you were open and vulnerable, I just wanted to hug you then. That's right. You can oh. hug me after the Do you part. understand? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, th- th- that's what happens. You see, people are always trying to put on this facade, but they don't realise that with me, in general, like when clients are open with me and, and vulnerable and they're crying or they're sh- telling me like maybe their darkest secrets, mm. I actually feel more connected to them. Yeah, right, say something deep, Ollie. Say something Some, vulnerable. Something oh, say well, something vulnerable. I was going to say that Cam did a trauma ju- a dump on the last Oh, part. yeah. No, we won't bring it up oh. again. We won't bring it up again. Nah, no, nah, it was just... Um, I'll just briefly run down. There was a message I sent to a girl when I was like 15 or 16 saying I liked her. Yeah. And I screenshotted it and accidentally, accidentally sent it in a group chat with all my mates. Yeah. And I just got like bullied. Re- yeah. Bullied and I never you. had never read the message since. And then the last podcast, I read it out. But that was me. Yeah. And honestly, there was, there's two things in my like whole life that I'd never wanted to bring up. Whenever someone would bring it, it was that. And the time I got bashed. And yeah. talking about that as well, baby. So, <laughs> and you know something? That's that, that's the thing is that you don't want to bring it up because it's a shameful experience for you, right? Mm. But here's the thing: I'm going to talk about something else now. Fuck, we are going deep. It's supposed to be funny. I wanted to make people yeah. laugh. <laughs> is that this? Everything is frequency, and every, the whole universe is working on a frequency scale. And this guy called David Hawkins talks about how enlightenment, like Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad and all those people, and Gandhi and people that were enlightened mm. are really high frequency and love is right underneath enlightenment mm. and shame is like down the bottom like there's death there's fear and there's shame so if you have something that you feel shameful about but you're like but nobody knows but the thing is you fucking know mm. and you know and so deep down that's still there yep. and so what i do with my clients because if you can let that out 
you've that's no longer shameful because you've told the story and you realize you know what who gives a fuck i've forgiven myself i was a kid mm. or oh, oh, why should i feel ashamed they bash me or why should i feel a, why should i feel ashamed that motherfucker actually touched me mm. you know what i'm saying mm. i spoke about things in my 40s that i kept a secret all my life and mm. i felt such shame about it and then i realized it was actually so common in so many women and so many men do you, do, do you feel like breath work is um the best way of working through those things or do you reckon it's journaling or I what, think what that, other roots? I think that a lot of people won't talk because talk therapy can only do so much. A lot yeah. of people that have done talk therapy like psychiatry or psychologists, psychotherapy and counselling have said to me that, you know, I actually feel like I've gotten more out of this one session with you than I have 10 years of talk therapy. Yeah. And I know why because you just repeat the story in your head. Yeah. But then when you actually go down and you do it through your breath, mm. you're actually – it's almost like you're hypnotised a little bit. Mm. So you let go of things a little bit more. Yeah. And and even just sitting with people and having open, honest, vulnerable conversations. Like not fucking surface conf- mm. surface level – I can't do surface level people and bullshit conversation mm. anymore. I'd rather sit at home and – not talk to anyone. I don't do small. I do not I do, small do small talk. talk. I don't like. I I actually do not do it. Like mm. yeah. the other day, I was um <laughs> getting dinner with Evie and her friend from high school came. Like just oh hey, and like I like they were just small talking, and I literally didn't say. I didn't realize it till after, but I was like, I just didn't engage in that conversation at all. Probably a bit rude of me, yes, but I just hate small talk. I don't want to. Like, what are you up to these days? What's Oh, the weather's been crazy, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? Shut up. I can't do school pickup. Mm. So oh, my husband has to do school pickup. Yeah. Because I cannot. <laughs> the mum's I there. cannot. I can't. And I look so rude because I'm just like, I can't. Mm. Like the stuff that I talk about now is like, yeah. that's for me very 3D. Mm. And I just, I just can't do it. Yeah. I will be honest though. I do have trouble being vulnerable and – I'm not being vulnerable. I think that I don't have enough – anything that's gone on in my life to need to be vulnerable about. Like my life has been pretty a-okay where I don't have like trauma hitting in the back of my head, but it's more when it comes to a difficult conversation I have to have with someone or in terms of that, where I just, um, I just make a joke out. Like I'll just change it to subject. Like, Oh, it's okay. Sweep it under the rug. Let's just make a joke out of it. Make a silly joke. And then that's because you're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. That, I, and that's, yeah. And like, I don't know. It's a bit, Maybe something I need to work on. Yeah. But you know what? We're, 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 but it's not normalised either, yeah? Yeah. If, if I start talking about my shit, you'll be like, this fucker. Mm. And some people just can't handle it. But you've got to be – it's got to be in a safe – it's got to be in the right place. Like if I started talking – like for example, you know what happened the other day at the rubber chicken? Yeah. You know why I, ha- I pissed off on you? Why? I, I imagine he's inside. I said, I'm going to get a drink or something to eat. And then I never came back. <laughs> Fucking oh bitch, man. What a bitch. But, it's I right. but the thing is, what happened was this guy out of fucking nowhere, he'd never been there before, started like talking to me. And I'm just friendly because I just think everyone there is a comedian. Mm. And because I was answering him, he's like, oh, I left my wife and my kids. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> I'm like, like not, now's not the time. Like I was trying to actually watch the show, but there was the kitchen yeah. closed. So I was actually coming back mm. to you. And he started talking rubbish and he's like, oh, why don't we just come over here and we'll go grab a table? And I was like, no, 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 I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just left. Nah, that's fair enough. fair enough. That's fair enough. So that's not what I'm talking about. You don't just go up to random people and just start telling people your shit. I think it's just a creepy dude it's trying to get some pussy. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just, I'm was it Ollie? I think it was Ollie, wasn't it? That's what Ollie does. I'm talking about being <laughs> open. Yeah. Like 
if we were all sitting down and we were smoking, for example, like being open and talking about your dreams and your aspirations, like I can't talk to people, mainstream people, that if I start telling them about my goals and aspirations, mm. they'd be like, oh, my God, is she for real? It's like, do you know what I'm trying to I say? I think it's mm. a, like, honestly, I realised this on the weekend. I hang out with one of my closest mates and we did not talk about anything. Like we literally just spoke about nothing the whole time i had the best time with him we had a great great uh, great night but like we didn't we didn't speak about anything of substance the whole time and i think that's what guys do i see you twice a week mm. and like today was the first time you're like what do you actually do for work <laughs> like that's like we like no, that's i a, know i knew what his job like, was but like, but you're no. like what do you actually like guys have just we're <laughs> weird like that where like the conversations we have like what when you came over here last on Sunday? Yeah, like yesterday. What? Yeah. Yes, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. I can't remember one conversation we had. Yeah. We might have been like outside of the pod. Yeah. What you do last night? Oh yeah. Fucking. How were the strippers? Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. How <laughs> was the strippers? Oh, they were, yeah, they're all right. I felt awkward. Yeah. Felt awkward. He went to a Bucks night. He's not a Bucks. He's not a. I went to a Bucks. He went to a Bucks. It yeah, wasn't just I got, a. I was um, forced. Um, but yeah, Sorry, Ollie. Really, um, really I've been vulnerable on the podcast before. I feel like you never have. I feel like this is a perfect environment yeah. for you to just what unload some like, trauma. What would you like to ask me? Um, like your, just like for example, it doesn't have to be trauma, but it can just be like a little bit about your upbringing. Because sometimes mm. people don't realize it could just be a teacher. It could just be something that stuck with you. You know, it could be anything. I talk about my upbringing a lot. Like I, I'm always like talking about my dad or talking about like just crazy shit that happened when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to bring up. I don't know what to bring up. The compliment That's thing? What compliment thing? The thing how you used to get a lot of compliments oh. around you? Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that too much? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Why? Oh, because I literally. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first we don't, thing we don't, we, actually, don't get, we don't get vulnerable And then when we do He like No this is, the, the this is the first thing He ever like Got deep with me about And I was like awesome And he was like What to say And I'm like This is a good thing to say yeah. hey, said, It's not a bad thing to say It's actually a good way to yeah. See how you're rewired You're wired Yeah okay So when I was younger um, My uh, I used to get a lot of compliments Mainly for my dad Right And it was But it was all like It was stuff which I felt like Kind of blew up my head a little bit yeah. And I've had to like rewind that as I got older and try Why? and humble myself. Why? Because like I felt like maybe I was walking around with like a massive head when I was 17, 18 and there was no need for it. I'm not, mm. I'm not anything special. I was another 17 year old. Like obviously everyone's special and like I have my own things going on cool, but not, I'm not a celebrity walking around a high school. Mm. And that's, but that's like kind of how I'd been up to be a little my dad's listening so i feel really bad throwing my bus here but i loved it but so much because i've got confidence but i had to wind the confidence back it's better to have to wind it back than try and build it up in my opinion oh well but i so you know disagree I mean? with you no i don't i think that what your dad did was the right thing to do yeah that's what i'm saying i prefer what he did rather than why did you wind why did you feel that you had to wind it back why didn't you stop for a second why didn't you just match the energy of it as not not try to humble yourself because see, humble is no, overrated. No, okay, so when he was like talking me out when I was younger, like the best looking, the yeah, you, you are know, good like, looking though. Yeah, I know, but not the, you're, you're hot as fuck. Not the best. No, no, you are. I'm confident. I'm confident. Second with hottest guy on the podcast. Absolutely. Second hottest guy on the podcast. Huh? Second hottest guy on the podcast. 
Am I, the, no, am no, I no. the am I the first third, girl? Third, yeah, am hottest I the first girl. girl? Nah, oh, <laughs> am I the of the Kamoli thing we've had the girls in the uh, yeah. the OG <laughs> pod. Yeah, and if I because he's my girlfriend went on and obviously. Man, I mean, like right now I'm joking. Oh yeah, because I'm the only girl right now. This current podcast. That's what my husband always does. He always says that my daughter's the most beautiful daughter he's got. But she's the only daughter that he's got. Yeah. Yes, what was it? Yeah, so I no no no. So I hundred percent back what he did because it was better to. I felt like I had to wind it back. No, because I was walking around thinking that I was top shit, and I didn't like that about myself. Were you and arrogant I, and I, very arrogant, and I got uh, I had to humble myself. And yeah. I, and a lot of that humbling happened when I started working full time, and then learning that I I'm I'm not the best, and I'm actually pretty scared of yeah, talking right. to people and kind of things mm. and having hard conversations. I realized no, I'm not. I'm not the best person walking around here. There are much more skilled people. They're obviously way better looking people. Yeah, you know, all these yeah, kinds of things. So, but again, I would prefer that over me being told that I'm insignificant and all this it's stuff going on and then have to build up confidence. I prefer to wind it back than yeah, build up. It's yeah, such a yeah. change where like that's the issue that's happening now that like from <laughs> from like parents like my dad used to beat me my dad used to beat me like he never told me he loved me to my dad said I was good looking like that's, yeah. a, that's the cause of the issue now like far out you spoiled little bitch all right all right I'm yeah. sure yeah. I'm sure your Lebanese father was the exact same yeah I did that. <laughs> oh, I, did. I did a couple of reels about that my dad like I always used to really shit myself when I got my report card mm. Because, you know, grades, like for me, I don't give a fuck what my kids do mm. in school. Like my son wants to be a basketball, so who cares about his grades? But for us back that generation was like everyone was comparing like with the other parents and yeah, their kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, what they what score they're going to get and how they're doing in school. Like they would actually ask, people would ask like, how's Sarah doing? What Because my son's getting A's and B's. And so I would be shitting myself coming home with my report card and my dad would see the report card and he would be like, what are you getting a D for dumb <laughs> or E for idiot? And he would just like lose his shit, man. Like he would get my tape recorder and he would smash it, and mm. he would, you know, put my hold my stuff under the you know the, the house, and mm. you know that was grounding for us, you know. Mm. Yeah, like so strict. Yeah. So what? How? From how you got brought up, now that you are a mother, how have you changed on how you? So I'm, I'm trying to be a parent. Parents. So it's called Kids. gentle parenting or conscious parenting. I don't know if you've heard that before. We're not too deep onto the parenting. No, yeah, we, right. we haven't yeah. delved into so, that yet. So Ollie's had four abortions so, so far. <laughs> so, so, so parenting, so parenting very differently. Sorry, sorry, so you catch me. Uh. So parenting very differently. We, um, so for example, my daughter would have been slapped out if I was parenting the way my parents did the way she talks to me I would have like slapped her out a long time ago but I'm actually just allowing her to express herself Mm. because I want her to gain confidence and the only way she's going to gain confidence is by allowing her to be who she wants to be by allowing her to dress the way she wants to dress by allowing her to express herself and if that means you know she's going to lose her shit Mm. we can't be like no you can't chuck a tantrum right now no stop doing that She's got to regulate her emotions. We're yep. allowing her to learn how to regulate 
but it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, they're walking around like. And at what point? It's what, hard work. what point do you kind of have to? We set boundaries. Yeah, I was gonna say what's so what, like what, what for do you example. Think the sometimes is? she'll say to me like she loves me, but sometimes when she's angry, she doesn't know how to regulate. So she'll be like, "I hate you, mummy. I hate you so much. You're the worst mum in the whole wide world." Yeah, yeah, I checked a couple of those out. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said that back. At, like that's just a yeah. Normal and the thing is, say, yeah. apparently, if your child can say that to you. Like if you tell some wog that they'll be like, "Ha ha, my daughter, she'll never say that to me," <laughs> because why? Because they'll fucking slap him out, mm, right? Yeah. So my daughter feels safe enough to say that to me. So actually, when someone says to me, "My child would never say that to me," I reckon I should call DHS. Mm. Right. Do you get me? Because really, the truth is, I wouldn't really, but the truth is, my daughter feels safe enough to say that to me. Now I say to her, "You're really hurting mummy's feelings, and that's not appropriate. I want you to go to your room. I don't want to speak to you right now. If you hate me, I need you to go and regulate." Mm. She will regulate. And then she'll come back and she'll be like, I'm sorry, mummy. I'm really sorry. I don't say come and say sorry to me. That's the fucking ego. Yeah. Say sorry now. You say sorry. Yeah. Say sorry. Say sorry. Mm. You don't tell the child to say sorry. The child has to feel that they need to say sorry. Right. So I actually allow her to regulate and then she comes back to me. My son is a different kettle of fish. He's incredible. He's very sensitive. He always tells her off with the way she speaks to me. But in terms of bringing him up, he wants to be a basketballer and now we work on his mindset. We don't say to him, everybody wants to be a bas- be basketball. He says he wants to play for the NBL and the NBA. Like That's what he says. That's his dream. Yeah. We don't say to him, everybody wants to do that. You've got to study and just be good at school. Yep. We don't say that. We go, yeah, you've got to pass your grades. But if you want to be, if you want to be the best, mm. then you've got to act like the best. Yep. So okay. we teach mm. him now everything that we're speaking about now. Like the other day, he didn't have a good game and he started to feel shit about himself. So mm. I started talking to him about how our bodies have memory. And I told him about this water experiment. Have you heard about this water experiment? No, nah, what is it? So it's by a Japanese scientist called Dr. Imato. And he put one jar of water in one room and another jar of water in another room. And all these people were coming and saying positive, love things to one jar of water. And then the other one, they were saying all this hateful stuff and negative stuff to the other jar. And then they went and put the water under a microscope. The, the, the negative water was all dirty and murky and then the other one was like crystallised. You can see it on YouTube. It was like an actual snowflake. It was like really beautiful and pretty. And I was saying to him, I said, we know now that water has memory. So that's not weary. That's a fact. That's science. We can't fuck around with science. Water has memory. Mm. If water has memory, what are we made up of? I said to him, we're made up of 80% water. He fucking, he's 10. He corrected me. He goes, 75%. I said, well, I didn't even know that till recently. I thought it was like 95%. No, no, oh, no. Well, no yeah. not that much. Because I remember when people used to say, yeah, we're 95% water. I'd be like, but we're all bones and, yeah, but anyway, yeah, that but was. the thing is, though, when you think about it, that's crazy. It doesn't matter whether it's 60 to 90, It doesn't, right? no, but yeah. Our cells, are, we're made up of trillions of cells, right? Mm. And they're made up of a liquid, a water, and mm. whatever it is. But that has memory. So if someone told you that you're a pussy... You're a pussy. You're a dickhead. You are what you eat, baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? What do you you think happens? Yeah, no, that's exactly... You start to believe it, right? You start to believe it. That's one thing that I always... No matter how down I'm feeling about myself, I'll... My self-talk is always pretty good. I'll always keep important. myself talk. And self-talk, which is we call mirror work, mm. where you actually – like my husband will get up in the in the mirror in the morning, like a bloke will do it, get up in the mirror and out of the shower and be like, you're a fucking king, you're a fucking boss, today mm. you're going to make money, today you're going to do this, and you're a fucking – you're a good-looking bloke, blah, mm. blah. And he walks around like King Dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he walks around like the size of his dick. <laughs> <You know? And laughs> <laughs> Must and be nice. That's what she's going to do. And like – 
when you talk to yourself, exactly, you just said it. Self talk is incredible. Mm. It's it's a bit of a bit of a side note on this one, but it's not really related to anything. So you'll say that when you pick up, you you don't like picking up the kids from school. Um, yeah. Do you? Because this is a, th- a fear that I always have that my kids are going to make friends with losers and their parents are going to be like so unbearable to hang out with. Yeah. Have you had any of those experiences? What's interesting is that so far I feel like the kids will gravitate to <laughs> like conscious like parents, like the p- people that parent the same, but then sometimes they don't. You know what? The kids get to an age where you just drop them off. You don't mm. have to socialise with the parents. Ah, uh, yeah. You just drop them off. At that age? How old are your kids? Yeah, yeah, my kids are at that age. Like five, you can do that, I reckon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I know, we didn't do that I back then was, at that yeah. age. I, th- yeah. I think, yeah, mum was no, always no, coming no. for a coffee. No, no, five, ten. <laughs> mum just wanted friends, I think. <laughs> your parents came in. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Like, some people do because they do, they want friends. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, because my mum was friends with these people though. I, but yeah. I used to be like that when I was like, when the kids were young. But no, no, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. And um, just drop off and pick up. Because the thing is, sometimes they're just like hanging around with people that are like totally different to me. Like totally. Yeah. It's, even if I wasn't in this work, they're just totally different. I know this one. in common. This one guy that we were friends with, using no names here. But <laughs> there, this one guy we were friends with and his dad was like a huge loser. Like his dad sucks so much. I think he was like smoking meth at one point. That's oh, neither here nor there. Loser, proper loser. You, know, yeah. I th- you would know who I'm talking about. Okay. And then like my mate used to always say to his dad, like, why don't you ha- like come and hang out with like things dad? Like you would love it. Like when he's like, nah, I can't. And he'd be like, why would you never want to hang out with him? And then we realised <laughs> he was on meth. Uh, yeah. So that's no good. I'll tell you who it is after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolute loser. <laughs> that is funny. Um, do you have a quote, uh, like a, a good quote? We have a bit of a segment where we you've filled us with many quotes, many oh, inspirational quotes, but we do have a quote segment where we just play a bit of music and you say a quote. Would you have one off the top of the head that oh, you can write? How many quotes have I got? Yeah, you, uh, you reel them off as much as you want. <laughs> discipline, <laughs> discipline is self-love. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> discipline is self-love. Keep going. Do you have more? You are what you eat. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was inspirational as fuck. How long have we been going, Ollie? Uh, we're on 56 and a half. 56. How I reckon I'm all go? out of stuff here. How you quick all... did that go? What? How quick did that go? That was yeah, a quick was, 56. Really Ollie, fast. you all good with everything? Yeah. Um. All right, everyone. Sarah, Sarah Michaels underscore show on Instagram. We'll tag her in all the things. Suss out her pages. Um, this was such an insightful podcast. I mm. honestly feel like it was a therapy session. Me and Ollie, <laughs> me and Ollie are going to come to a breathwork yeah. session. Yeah, yeah. we're going to come to. A, I reckon we'll like we'll film it. We'll like do a, something yes, cool about yes, it. Yeah, perfect. We'll film it, post perfect. something, and then what do you reckon? Do a pod after when we're all like, oh zen. my god, yes. Very so, yeah. uh, elated you yes. is the podcast. There's an Instagram page for that one as well. Yes. Sarah, elated underscore you. Um, Follow me. Sarah is going to be a. Fantastic comedian one day will be headlining the comedy festival. Yes, uh, I will. Thank even you. better person. Thank you for coming on the pod. Thank, thank you. you for being my friend. <laughs> Ollie, thank you for thank opening you. up. Opening up. Finally, I could see behind that um, yeah. that thick skin that you have. Good looking skin. Um, and Cameron, you rock you're again. Fucking, <laughs> <you're a legend>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Peace out. Uh. <laughs>